Welcome to Co-Pilots. I, I don't think that's what this is this time. I mean, it's not a Co-Pilots review, but we're still the Co-Pilots. Oh, are we? I mean, cool. I, I didn't know that. I thought my title was strictly tied to the thing I was doing at the current moment. Like, most of the time, I think I'm just living guy. Oh, no. We're still the Co-Pilots, and this is still the Co-Pilots podcast. But this is a very special episode, because this time we're infringing upon the territory of professionals. Oh, are we? Yeah, we're stepping on the toes of people like Movie Mastery and We Hate Movies. I'm okay with this. For this episode, for this special holiday episode, we're reviewing my second favorite Christmas movie of all time. Mm, only second favorite? I mean, it's not Jim Carrey's The Grinch. Like That is fantastic, actually, and I don't think most people are going to disagree with you that it's an amazing Christmas movie. However, this one, I think we're going to get a lot of disagreement with people about, right? I mean, we both love it. I mean, it's just Arnold Schwarzenegger's, like, piece de resistance, the crown of his entire career, better than anything else he's ever done. I mean, I'm not sure about that. Hercules New York, his first movie, when he's not even Arnold Schwarzenegger, he's like, what, Arnold, Arnold Strong, I think is what they build him as? I have no idea. I think it was, like, billed as Arnold Strong in Hercules New York. I think that was the fucking I, name of the I movie. I don't know what that movie is. I've never heard of it. <laughs> it's it's amazing. It If I remember correctly, it's one of those person from past gets time-traveled to future by somehow... And it is now out of place and tearing up city. Yeah, but that doesn't sound like a Christmas movie, so that's obviously not what we're reviewing. I mean, it could be a Christmas movie. I mean, yeah, like Die Hard's a Christmas movie. Die Hard's the best Christmas movie. If you're a middle-aged man who has never gotten over the fact that action films are not the top-tier brow of movies and are actually generally kind of boring plot-wise, but there's guns and explosions, and that one has Bruce Willis. Hey, Die Hard is good. Oh, no, don't get me wrong. I enjoy Die Hard, but it's not going to ever be a piece de resistance of movies, no matter what Jake Peralta from, it, 911, from Brooklyn Nine-Nine says. And it's definitely not a Christmas movie. No, it just takes place during Christmas. Just like The Nightmare Before Christmas is a Halloween movie, not exactly. a Christmas movie. Cool, cool. We're, 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 sharing, we're sharing wavelengths here. But in case anybody hasn't figured it out, the Arnold Schwarzenegger piece de resistance, the crown jewel of Arnold Schwarzenegger's The creme entire, de la creme. Of, of Arnold Schwarzenegger's entire film career. Jingle All the Way, from 1996. You know, I'd also go so, as far as to say that this is Paul White's best film as well. It's not Paul White's best appearance on screen, though. He's done some really good TV cameos. I mean, yeah, that's true, but I think it's his best film. I'm not for sure. I'd have to look through Paul White's... Oh, yeah, I, I, I actually have no idea what else he's been in. I know he's been in some really shitty WWE properties. Was he in The Longest Yard? No, I don't know. No, there so. was a bunch of WWE's Yeah, stars. I don't think he was. Okay. Anyways. He should have been. Anyways, this movie starts with an action scene. A true traditional tokusatsu action scene. It's Turbo Man and his trusty sidekick booster. The pink ti- the pink saber-toothed tiger. They never call him a saber-toothed tiger, but they do call him a tiger and he does have saber teeth. Facing off against his arch nemesis and the demon team. His arch nemesis, Dementor. We don't get his name yet. Yeah, but it's Dementor. We, we literally don't get the name until the end of the movie. Yeah, 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 but whatever. Fuck it. <laughs> That's fair. It's like, honestly, guys... If you're listening to this, I assume you've seen this movie. Um, <clears throat> you're probably just here to hear us shit on this movie, which is unfortunate for you because we both love this. I recognize it's a bad film, but um, oh it's no, it's nostalgia, t- <laughs> and every Christmas movie is horrible anyway. So fuck off. No, fight me. The Grinch is Jim Carrey's The Grinch is amazing. It, it's a good movie, even outside of being a Christmas movie. Okay, I think this is the only exception. I also like some of the like animated like claymation movies. Uh, Mr. Snow. Okay, okay, I will revise my statement. 
other than the Grinch, <laughs> the, other than Jim Carrey's How the Grinch Stole Christmas, it is the old, every live action Christmas movie is shit. I can't come up with a defendable point, so you're probably right. Although I haven't seen a, a, a vast array of like Christmas horror movies. They're not good, but I love them because they're schlocky. Um, for anyone that's wondering, we had a Christmas horror movie we wanted to do this year, but... It's like $30 to watch online because... For us to get access to it legally, and we would be doing it legally. Because we're not going to advertise something on here. Ba- advertise, basically. Um, we're not going to review a show on here that's going to be only accessible through feasible means at expensive levels. We've never pirated anything for this. No, never. I'm proud of us. Cheers? I mean, basically, since I became an adult who makes money, I haven't pirated anything. Uh, we're drinking wine. It's Christmas Eve. Um, yeah. Merry Christmas to anybody that celebrates Christmas, and happy holidays for any other holidays you celebrate. Hanukkah, Kwanzaa. Uh, Congratulations, you celebrate a holiday much less mired in a social political quagmire. What's the one where it's just a giant orgy? That's a holiday, too. Saturnalia, baby. Yeah, if you celebrate that, happy Saturnalia. If you celebrate Yule. Yep. Um, happy holidays. Keeping those pagan traditions strong, and also, I'd like to acknowledge, it's not strictly pagan if you know the origins of your roots and refuse to acknowledge the Christian ideology that just because you're not Christian, you're pagan. Even better for you, because it's true. Anyways, let's get back to the movie, because we barely got anywhere in it. Um, Turbo Man and Booster are fighting off, you ruined the name, the name revealed, the mentor. Oh no. Like the Harry Potter evil things. Clearly J.K. Rowling have dropped Jingle all the way, showing just how much this movie has influence over everything else. I mean, obviously, and Crimson Chin and the Fairy Godparents. Clearly stolen from Turbo Man, yeah. Yeah, clearly stolen from Turbo Man. This, This movie is a cornerstone to society. I would have to agree with you. Well, at least I we're mean, there. this is the movie that made Sinbad's acting and comedy career. Yeah, nobody would have ever seen Shazam with Sinbad if it wasn't for this movie. Exactly. So, Turbo Man and Booster are fighting Dementor and the Demon Team, which are um, like putties from. Yeah, except they are—they do have colors themselves, but this is just a Tokusatsu show for children, basically. Clearly, very much an American version of any Tokusatsu, but I mean. Any Mighty Morphin Power Rangers or any Power Rangers spinoff you've seen, most of the new ones are just straight up entirely made in America. Otherwise, they were dubbed over and we had an American cast when they're not in the outfits, whatever. Mm-hmm. And Turbo Man and Booster are trying to save Billy, the son of the President of the United States. Yes, and they have to, and he has to stop a bomb. Mm-hmm. So Turbo Man shoots some turbo discs at, at um, Dementor. Dementor shoots his fist off at Turbo Man. And hits him in the face. And then pulls his fist back. And... Booster is useless. Booster is useless. Everybody hates Booster. Yeah, that's very much established, and that's understandable. If you're over twenty, if you're over drinking age, every time we mention how everybody hates Booster, go ahead and drink. Take a drink. Hundred percent eggnog. I'm, I'm going to wine, do it. whatever. Yeah, why not? We got that bottle of wine sitting here. We can refill if we need to. And I've got so much whiskey behind me that I don't know what to do with it. Yeah, we're fine. So, um, then something happens here. I didn't quite catch it, but. The demon team attacks so, Turbo Man, and Dementor teleports to a cliff. Yeah, he like throws like a smoke bomb, I think, and like okay. teleports to a cliff. And Turbo Man beats the demon team, throws a Turbo Man Turbo Rang, I think is what they called them. I think a Turbo Rang, yeah. Throws a Turbo Rang, cuts the wire on the bomb, saves them. The president and his wife cheer, and then the first lady screams when she sees that Dementor is holding Billy. Over the edge of a cliff. And he lets him go and throw, throws him off. Yeah. 
And then we find out Turtleman can fly. I mean, it was kind of obvious he had a giant jetpack on his back. And I think they flew into the scene. And he also, when he goes to fly, he gets his, he has to use his catchphrase. Do you remember what his catchphrase is? I don't. It's turbo time. Obviously, you know, his other catchphrase. We find out that this is all just a TV show that the kid is watching. The kid of the show, Jamie, is watching. Yeah, we, we zoom out from there as he saves Billy and the president's like, thank you, Turbo Man. And I'm going to steal a term. I'm going to steal some terminology from Movie Mastery here. Do it. Um, because Jamie's mom interrupts him. And she's like, you need to go get ready to leave. And he's like, but dad's not home. And we learn that dad is busy working because da- all dad does is work. Because much like Sister Master has put it, most problems in Christmas movies that involve a father at all, so most Christmas movies, is they're a bad dad, Christmas dad, because they work. Yep, that's exactly the terminology I was going to steal as bad well. Bad dad, Christmas dad. Bad, dad's, bad dad, Christmas dad. This is a bad dad, Christmas dad movie. Also, movie mastery, don't sue us for the copyright infringement. I mean, you should go check out Sister Mastery, all of their stuff, and movie mastery especially, because that's what we're kind of doing here. Except not nearly as good. And check out all their stuff, but... Because it's seasonal, check out their Christmas reviews, like last year's Bad Dad Christmas Dad stuff. Oh, are they doing Christmas stuff? I've been, like, binging books. I, I said last year's. I don't know about this year. Been, I have also just... I'm, I'm behind on my podcasts, which... I've, I've been binging Audible books instead of listening to podcasts, so I have, like, 30-something podcasts backloaded on my podcast I mean, player. honestly, who listens to podcasts? Me. I mean, so do I. Um, when we zoom out on Jamie and his mother talking to him, we do see a commercial for a Turbo Man action figure and all the accessories and all the additional things you can buy. Very much toys. Mm-hmm. Because, oh my fucking God, you have one popular thing and we have to have every other thing. Turbo Man is very much a toyetic show from the way it's portrayed. Like G.I. Joe or Transformers. Yeah, it, it's clearly a show that was made to sell toys. Or Michael Bay's Battleship. <laughs> But not his uh, Transformers or his Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, because for those to sell toys, they would have been successful. You know, honestly, I think Battleship may be better rated on IMDb than either of those other franchises. I think they are. Don't hold me to that. I haven't checked. Um, At least the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, I would have to assume. Anyways, um, Jamie's mom is like, "It's, it's just I bet your dad is working really hard right now. And, and we so have, we cut to an office party, but of course we're introduced to it with champagne popping. Yep, champagne. It's wine. This is wine, not champagne, but... Yeah. So we're led to assume initially that his dad's not busy working. His dad's busy partying up at the office. But his dad is up in an office by himself, still working while everybody else is celebrating. Because everybody is calling him about something. So he's dealing with clients. He seems to be good at his job, but he is ignoring the fact that he's got to be at his kid's karate thing in 20 minutes. Yeah, his assistant comes in with giant cue cards basically printed up. Hey, remember your son? He has a karate thing in 20 minutes. You said you're going to be there. And he's like, I will. You said that half an hour ago. I was already prepared on one of the cards. And then we get him going through a couple more customers, and eventually his wife calls. Well, and it's important, I guess, to kind of know that, one, I have no idea what his fucking job is because every person's complaint is something different. Yeah. And he closes each one with, um... You're, you're our number one customer. You're, I think he says you're my number one customer. Maybe. Which is to, yeah. like, I assume generate more of a personal connection, whatever. Yeah. And so when his wife calls and she's talking about, hey, don't forget Jamie's karate. He's like, of course, I'll be there. And remember, you're my number one customer. <laughs> and he's like, wait, 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 Liz, I didn't mean that. And she hangs up in a huff. Mm-hmm. 
And I don't know why. He you... does eventually leave the office. Uh, he, he leaves immediately after that. Yeah, he's probably still he's probably still got like only fifteen minutes to get there. And they're in Minneapolis, and he's downtown. I mean, I would and... like to point out when she gets upset about this later. I mean, she probably should have called him sooner because she's just calling him now to remind him. Yeah, and she knows he does this. Like, yeah, I mean, I think we. Have to... I'm not saying the clear thing, but I'm just like I think communication. We to, I do right? think we have to like think about this though. How much of a habit has this become? Because if it's become a habit to such a point where she does call him earlier and he just still doesn't show up, so she's just, like, stopped caring as much. And, like, like, it depends on how long this has been going on. Obviously, he's a bad dad because he makes money for the family. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be a dick, but he is the only one working in this family. That that we can see. She might have a job. We don't know. Mm, But we do know his job at least requires him to work on the 23rd of Christmas, on the 23rd of December. mm -hmm. Christmas Eve Eve. Yes, Christmas Eve Eve, which if companies don't have it their way, well, toy companies would have it their way, you would celebrate that as a holiday. But if, you know, work companies would have that way, you wouldn't celebrate anything as a holiday. So mm-hmm. capitalism, you get no holidays, but everything is a holiday only in the terms that you have to pay for something for someone so that you buy things. Anyways, Howard leaves and he's running late and gets stuck in traffic. And while he's stuck in traffic, we get, we cut over to the karate thing and it's starting. And we meet Ted. Who is the house husband of the area, just the single house husband of the area, and every woman is, for some reason, attracted to him, even though he's creepy as fuck? Yeah, I don't get it. Um, He's not overly attractive. He's just an involved father who's also a douche. Yes. Um, And only involved because he's a single parent. But I think we have to assume... Like, he's obviously the, the douche character archetype to make our, our yeah, bad yeah. father look like a good person. Yeah. Like, that's what he's there for. He's, he's there to make our bad father look good. But Arnold's character, Howard, is running late. He's sitting in traffic, and he realizes there's this whole shoulder of the road that has no cars there. So he does that smart, but, you know, definitely illegal thing, and decides to drive on the shoulder of the road. Which is illegal. You can do it in some certain circumstances. Like emergency, you get away with it. But your son's karate class is not an emergency. And obviously, because this is a movie, he immediately gets pulled over. I hey, I'd say he gets a good 300, 400 feet. Yes, but he immediately gets pulled over. And he tries to explain to the cop why he was doing it, which, I mean, that's fair. Like, typically, whenever I've been pulled over, a cop's like, hey, where are you going? What you doing? Like... Why are you breaking traffic safety rules and driving on the side of the road? Yeah, and, like, that's pretty normal. And he just tries to explain to the cop, hey, I'm, I'm running late. And it, the cop's like, oh, so I'm I'm, up, I'm holding you up. I'm, I, I'm not doing my service the way I should. I'm being an inconvenience to you. Yeah, and so he abuses his power as a police officer because a cab. And makes him go through all kinds of tests that are clearly not necessary. A bunch of field sobriety tests that are obviously not needed. He's not... He shows no signs of being drunk, unless you're being racist and assume his Austrian accent is slurred speech. So yeah. either this cop is racist or a dick. Or both. Or both. He is a cop. Yeah, he can easily be both. Yeah, okay. Especially because he's a white cop. Um, <clears throat> but so by the time Howard actually gets to the school, no, their parking lot's empty, which makes me question why he even runs inside at this point. Yeah, like... He, he runs inside, and it looks like it's just a school building where they've held, like, a karate... It's just a school building, yeah. ...belt ceremony, mm-hmm. which, which is why it was important to his son. His son was going from a green... From a yellow belt? From a yellow belt to a purple belt. Yes. Which, I mean... I don't I don't know how karate belts work. That's neat. Me. I mean, he's, like, four belts away from black, I think. Three. He says it later. Well, no, he says... 
he's one belt away from green, and green is one is three belts away from black. Oh. Also, belt systems are entirely irrelevant because they they differ from like fucking place to place all the time. You have a few like set, and then you have other bullshit. So who knows? Anyways, he does go inside even though the parking lot's empty, and there's just a janitor cleaning up. Yep. Um, we cut back to him going home. Like he's yep. right outside his house, and Ted is on top of his roof. Yep, Ted is on top of his roof putting lights in, which is um. We don't get a clarification if Liz gave him permission. Yeah, Ted. I but mean, it, but if Howard Liz... asks Ted if he got permission, and Ted never fucking responds to him, he's just like, "I had extra lights in time." And Liz doesn't reply when he asks Liz. So, assuming that he didn't, that nobody gave Ted permission to do this, he's fucking wasting Howard's electricity. He's it's, it's so many. He's breaking so many laws. Yeah, it's trespassing, trespassing and like you could consider it vandalism. Yeah, like it's ridiculous. I, I don't think most. Um, court cases would hold up to you on that? Oh, no, you 100% could get a vandalism case here. I mean, now, but I'm not sure about 1996 getting that role as vandalism. Especially if he, like, breaks a, a roof tile or something. Oh, yeah, definitely then. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, Ted's just being overbearing. And also, no, not that's not here yet. But then Howard goes in, and he talks to his wife. He's like... They get into an argument. She's like, you don't need to apologize to me, but... Yeah, he, he's just going, like, traffic was bad. I got a speeding ticket. Like, one, he's clearly upset about the fact that he missed his son's thing and annoyed that he got pulled over and had us a speeding ticket. And, like, I'm assuming stress just from the bullshit the cop had me with. Like, no matter how in the clear you are anytime you encounter an officer, you're, you always come out stressed. It's the whole fucking authority and that this person has the ability to fuck up my entire life if they just feel like being a dick today. Mm-hmm. So... I mean, the guy's obviously definitely stressed out, right? Yeah. But whatever. Yeah, I can understand his wife's point, too. Like, upset. You said you were going to do this. You didn't do it. Whatever. So Howard tries to go talk to his son in the living room. Who is watching Turbo Man late at night, despite having watched it earlier in the day, too. I mean, Turbo Man's super popular. Well, I'm just wondering when its time slots are. Um, they have Cartoon Network East and Cartoon Network West. I mean, that that would work, but I don't think that was a thing in 1996. I have no idea. <coughs> I have no idea. That was literally before I was born, okay? I have no clue what happened in 1996. To be fair, I wasn't old enough to have cognizant memories. That's just because you're a weirdo and you have shit memory. Also, you were too, and most people don't remember that time, but I'm still going to blame you for your lack of memory. That's what I meant by not old enough to have cognizant... Cogn- I, I know. So, when he's trying to explain to Jamie, um, Jamie's just not really paying attention. He's upset. He's just kind of ignoring his father. And so, he walks away and goes up to his room, and Howard goes to follow him, and Jamie kind of slams the door in his face. No, no, no. There's no kind of. He literally slams the door in his face. Yeah. But then Howard enters the bedroom, and Jamie's laying in his bed, trying to read a comic, and Jamie's bedroom is fucking amazing. Yeah. He has the wall behind the headboard of his fucking bed. is just a giant, from floor to ceiling, painting of Captain America deflecting bullets. The, those two walls are one giant mural. Like, yeah. From his bedroom door to his closet door on the other wall, just one giant mural, mural of Captain America. And it's amazing. And this is all hand-painted, because it's not like fucking fatheads and that bullshit existed. Also, I hate those anyways, but it's hand-painted, it's wonderful, 
it's like spot oh, on comic book art too. Are fatheads still a thing? Are people going to understand that reference? Oh yeah, I think they are. Okay. Giant wall decals. If you don't know what they are, they're giant wall stickers. There we go. Congratulations. Yeah, essentially. So his room is awesome. Yeah. Also, he has some cool toys. Like I, I noticed in the background, it was kind of blurred, but he has like Fantastic Four toys, like the cool art Fantastic Four toys, not like the shitty nineties. What the fuck did? Why did they give Invisible Woman a boob window that is just the number four? <laughs> but like classic. Full blue unitards with black and white detailing on them. His pillow is also a Fantastic Four pillow, so yeah. other than Tuber Man, this kid like loves Fantastic Four. This kid loves heroes, it seems. Yeah. Though I, I like how he then doesn't recognize them later in the parade, but whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um so Howard's trying to like cheer Jamie up, like make Jamie talk to him and he literally genuinely just makes a fool of himself. Yeah. Ties Jamie's purple belt around his head, makes dumb kung fu noises, a high kick that looks horrible. A high kick that almost kicks his son's comic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I didn't see what comic he was reading, actually. Did you? Uh, I thought it was a Turbo Man comic, but I couldn't get it like, okay, the cover. But Jamie then gets up and goes over to his desk and like starts drawing a picture or coloring a picture. Yeah. And eventually, Jamie starts responding to Howard, and Howard's like... What can I do to make this up to you? I'll, I'll, I'll do anything. Maybe there's a certain Christmas present you want. And Jamie's just like, I've already got that covered. I told Santa. Santa will get it for me. It's all dope. It's all kosher. Anyways, he he ends up, he being Harold, ends up being Howard? Howard. God, I, I wrote his name as Harold so many times. I thought you searched and replaced that. I did, but it's still in my brain. Okay. So I just typed it too many times as Harold. Howard ends up being like, well, sometimes Santa needs help from parents. And so his son finally tells him, and his son recites, like, word for word, just a commercial spiel. Batteries listens, not included. Yeah, he, he goes through the toy, all the stuff you can get with it, the attachments and everything, and then ends it with batteries not included, and I think something about tax is in there, too. I don't remember. But, yeah, it's... The kid has the commercial memorized. Yep. Um, at this point, um, it's a commercial with Turbo Man, obviously. Yeah. And Howard is like, oh, yeah, we'll make sure Santa gets you a Turbo Man. Yeah, and, and Jamie's like, well, good, because everyone else is getting one, and whoever doesn't get one is going to be a major loser. Mm-hmm. So Howard goes is going to bed that night, preparing for bed with his wife, and he's like, you should have seen us. We were really bonding. And he was talking about this Turtle Man or something. And he's like, Turbo Man. Yeah, I told you I picked it up like two weeks ago. You did, right? <laughs> and he lies to his wife. He's like... Yeah, of course. I. Why wouldn't I listen to you and do something that you wanted? I got Turbo Man, and she's still skeptical. So he, like, lists some of the things that Turbo Man toy does. Like, it has five different phrases. It has actionable limbs and whatnot. Yeah. Um, and this is also the point, because on the radio the next morning, we hear um, somebody men- mention Minneapolis, yes. which is where this movie takes place. Minneapolis, Minnesota. Yep. So... Next morning, he is getting re- He's got, he's got himself dressed and ready to go out, and is heading out of the house when his wife stops him. I'd like to point out his son is munching on some Turbo Man cereal that just looks like discs that I would have to assume if we're branding the cereal correctly is the discs Turbo Man can shoot from his wrist launchers. Yeah, obviously, but they don't look appealing. They are thick and just look like pure wheat. They they look like they might be like kicks or something, pops. I'm, I mean, I think. 
Kix is a wheat grain cereal with sugar. It's very. It's like a sweet corn cereal. It's very good. I mean, maybe yeah, whatever. I don't eat a lot of cereal, and the ones that I do, I I eat very specific cereal, and it's all um. None of it's name brand. I didn't grow up with name brand cereal, people. Also, like knockoff Cap'n Crunch is still good Cap'n Crunch. Actually, I'd argue it's better. Most of the time, the crunchy bits are larger than the tiny ones. They cut your mouth less. Um, but his wife's like, "Where are you going?" He's like, "The office. I had to pick up the D O L L. I left it there the last night by accident." And she's like, "Yeah, sure, that makes sense." And then his son's like, "Wait, you can't go to work." You promised to go to the parade with us. The holiday wintertainment parade. We go every year. Except by we, I mean mom and me, because you haven't gone the last two years because you suck. You didn't go last year or the year before. And because I'm young, I doubt I remember anything past that. But Turland's going to be there. You have to be there this year. So Howard promises that he'll be there. We have a deadline for when he has to get this doll, basically. No, we don't. They don't say anything. No, no, no. I'm just saying that's like movie setup time. Like he has to be there. Yeah, that's fair. So he has a time limit before he gets the doll. We I mean, just don't know when that time we limit had, is. We already had a time limit. It's Christmas Eve. Yeah, but now it's been moved up. Okay. He's already on more of a crunch. <laughs> also, the amount of time this movie takes place over does not make sense. I don't know what time this parade starts. Like, It's still light out, but he's leaving in the morning when it's light out, and it's winter. Well, he gets to the store at 8.58 a.m., Mm-hmm, which it's not as bright as it was when he fucking left home in the winter. Actually, you're right. Minneapolis is close to us, and the solstice is the 21st. Yeah, 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 no. The uh, the daylight that this movie experiences is unprecedented. A literal celestial miracle. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so, Howard's on his way out to his car, but he's accosted by a reindeer on a leash. The reindeer is being held by Ted. Whose name I've written as Tim several times in my notes. I thought it was Jim at first, which is nowhere near Ted. It's funny that we got names that rhyme, though. (laughs) True. Howard's like, okay, but what do you plan on doing with the reindeer after Christmas, Ted? Oh, yeah, because, um, first off, the reindeer doesn't like Howard. Yeah, no. And Ted's talking about how he got it for Johnny. And Ted's whole plan is to take a reindeer... And try, to, and, and try to bond it with this family of deer he's been watching. Out of the lake, yeah. This man does not know the difference between reindeer, normal deer, and habitats. And also, if he was caught doing that, do you know how much fucking trouble he would get in? I mean... So much fucking trouble. Also, I don't think you could own a reindeer in Minneapolis. Probably not legally. Yeah, that doesn't feel like something that's gonna... Like, unless you have a special license for it. Yep. <clears throat> and so Ted is asking Harold Howard... Um, where he's going, what's going on. And Howard's like, gotta go Christmas shopping, gotta get it, gotta go get a Turbo Man. And Ted's like, I already got Johnny one. I got it months ago. It's, After all, Christmas is something you should do the utmost you can to make special for a child. It's nestled right under, it's nestled safely under our Christmas tree. Yeah. But by the way, Ted's a douche. Oh yeah. Um, my favorite part of this interaction though is, at the end of it, when he's going to drive off, Ted goes, oh, hey Howard. It's supposed to get icy tonight, so you should probably put chains on those tires. And um, Howard mutters under his breath, someone should put chains on you. <laughs> um, and, you know, whether that just means chaining him up and leaving him to rot somewhere, or in my one, well, I picture in my head, wrapping him in chains and then throwing him in, like, a giant body of ice-cold water. Either so, way, it was an enjoyable moment. We do get to the store, and there's a crowd gathered outside waiting for the store to open. And our man has forced himself to the very front. 
and there's a manager signaling to his watch, and it's 8.58, and they don't open till 9. And everybody's, com- literally everyone in the staff, no one's doing anything, they're all just standing out there ready. I don't want to be a dick, but there's no reason why he can't open two minutes early. Asserting his power. Oh. You know, everybody in this movie literally sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, everybody in this movie sucks. I had to think about it for a second. Who did you think didn't suck for a moment? The radio DJ? No, he sucks. Nah, he's... Yeah, yeah, no, he, the, the radio is being completely, is being intentionally scummy. Um, the person that sucks the least, I would say, is the diner owner. Mm, yeah, that's fair. Because he just sends these guys out to harass someone Actually, at a radio yeah, station. He definitely doesn't suck. I mean, he has to pretty much understand that that's not how radio calling competitions work. But he's just trying to get two guys out from ruining his restaurant. Yeah, like, he, he's the guy that doesn't suck. We got there. We made it. And I guess, like, the float attendants. Fast hockey man. He doesn't suck. He just doesn't. He, he's just panicked by his job. Yeah, I mean. We got two people who don't suck. We figured it out. We'll get to them later. <laughs> That's really sad. Uh, but, um, so then we meet Myron and Larby, who lets Howard cut in front of him in line. And Myron Line Lar- is a strong term. You mean blob of citizens. Yes. And Myron Larby is a postman. And he's still dressed in his post outfit and has his bag of letters and stuff with him. Because whoever made this movie was like, they're not going to know he's a, he's a postman unless he has the bag of letters. Yes. And, you know, he's just commiserating with Howard about how they only have, like, one chance a year to fucking do shit. And people are making him out to be a bad dad because, well, for, like, in Myron's instance, this is the busiest fucking time of year for him. People are sending letters to people they don't ever talk to. They're doing all this kind of shit, and he's working every day except for, like, Christmas Eve and Christmas. Yeah, so he we, has to do last-minute shopping. We can't make him too sympathetic, though, because he is a conspiracy theorist. Yeah. So that's where he's at at first. And then he goes off about how toy companies are using commercials to hypnotize people and subliminal messaging. And he knows all of this because he went to community college for a semester and was taking psychology. So he's right up in there. He knows how it all works. It just is- and in his rant, as he breaks down, he grabs a woman and starts to strangle her. <laughs> yes, he does. It just says your year of psychology in college. Um, How many conspiracy theories did that open up my mind to? All of them. I know all of them. And just instead of panicking about them, I just joined them all. Oh, that makes sense. I would do that too. Yeah. Do you know how much money I'm making off of people by just not saying shit? So, while in the store, Howard and Myron realize that there's no Turbomans anywhere in the store. So they ask some store employees about it. And, and one of them is Chris Parnell, who is just a wonderful actor. In general, he's an amazing actor, but you probably most likely recognize him from his voice work as Cyril from the FX show Archer. He's done some other voice work, too, that's pretty iconic. Yeah, yeah, but I'm saying that's probably his most iconic. Can't think of anything on the top of my head because I'm not the voice actor guy. Justice, what else has he done? Other stuff. He's not an anime voice actor. I don't remember his name. <laughs> He's not an anime voice actor? Why would I know? Well, I, I clearly remember his name and his voice. That's how I based it. I don't know his face. I was just like, oh, that's Chris Parnell's voice. I actually have a hard time really remember them off of like what shows they do off the top of my head, but if you give me their voice, I can tell He's you. He's a bunch of stuff on Family Guy. Almost like an episode of Simpsons. That, that sounds right. Uh, uh, he, oh wait, um, he's um, um, what's his name? Rick and Morty, the father, Jerry. He's Jerry on Rick and Morty. Oh yeah, that's. It's right. probably more. Um, well known and iconic for yeah. now. Yeah. Um. 
He was on Anchorman, 21 Jump Street. He was he's one of the narrators for Adam Ruins Everything. Oh shit, he is, you're right. Yep. Anyways. Oh, he's the narrator for the video game Maneater too. My point of that when you were fucking playing Maneater. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. That's what I was thinking of. Yeah. So that's Chris Parnell in case you didn't know. And he has a very bit part. I just immediately recognized him. So This movie's got a lot of good actors and bit parts. Yeah, that's very true. Um And when they ask Chris Parnell about Turbo Man Literally everybody in the store laughs at them. Well, he starts laughing and mocking him, and then he pulls in a coworker, laughing and mocking him, and then he's like, then everyone around them starts laughing, and then he offers them a booster, to which of course everybody hates booster. Well, Howard first says, "I don't care about booster," and then Myron says, "Everybody hates booster." That's two drinks. I said it. He said it. You got a drink. Everybody hates booster. And then you know, I think the crowd mentions it too. Yep. So, they eventually get the employees to tell them about a woman who just picked up the last one from... Layaway. And they both take off running after her, looking for her. And the moment they take off, Myron swings his bag into Howard and knocks him into a display stand. Of boosters! And this prompts um, Howard to steal a kid's RC remote control. To which he's like, hey! To use the RC card to trip Sinbad. And then the kid's like, cool. Oh yeah, Myron's played by Sinbad. We haven't mentioned that. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, we did earlier. We mentioned he was in it. We just mentioned he was Myron. Yeah, Sinbad. Before he went on to be famous for Shazam. Yep. That's what he's famous for, right? Yeah. Not being a stand-up comedian or anything? No, no. It's for that movie Shazam he did in the 90s. That's what I thought. Okay. Before we get to the actual ending of this movie, um, I don't want to do it at the end because that's too easy for people to find. Oh, true, true, true. This episode is going to go up at roughly... So, this episode is going to go up at midnight, um, 12, 12 a.m., Christmas Day in the last time zone in the world. And that will be 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Yes. Roughly noon for any British folk that may be listening. Uh, If you have trouble figuring out your time from there, that's not my problem. I've given you three time zones to figure it out with. But So this is going to go up at 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, noon British Time, or midnight a.m., Dateline West, some International Dateline West time. Something like that, yeah. And you will have 24 hours from the time this episode goes live to send an email to copilotsreview at gmail.com with either a link to your Amazon wish list or your Steam wish list. And one lucky person that actually manages to follow these instructions will, will win one item on their wish list with a value of $50 or less. Yes. Um, just a Merry Christmas from us here at Copilots to yeah. you, the listener. Um, this is this is our first Christmas as a podcast, and we just really want to thank you for listening and making this year for us. Yeah. And if you want to include anything else, like questions, things to watch, whatever your favorite movie is, your favorite Christmas movie is, or how much you hate our opinion on this, which, <laughs> if you do, you're wrong, but whatever. Thank you again. Just remember, email at copilotsreview at gmail.com. I need a link to your Amazon wish list or your Steam wish list. Um, $50 or less, one item off your wish list. Yeah. The less items on your wish list, the more likely you are to get exactly what you want. But the more items on your wish list, the more likely you are to be surprised. Yeah. Anyways. So, he manages to trip him up. Yeah, with that RC car. And, and then, outside the mall, outside he, the store. Yeah, he sees the lady driving away. And he sees our Turbo Man acting figure shoved in the back of her seat. Against the window. Yeah. yeah. Not in a bag. Like, I, I don't know. Yeah. And he chases after her until she, like, sees him and speeds off. Sees him, panics, 
pulls away. We literally hear her tires squeal, and she like, no trunks or anything, just pulls out in front of the car yep. in front of her, and tears away. Yep. And so we then get a montage of him just driving around looking for a tripper man and being mocked at and laughed at by people the entire time. I wrote I wrote Arnold there, and I was trying to remember the character's name. Oh, there are so many points where because my phone apparently will uh, just auto fill the name Schwarzenegger in for me after I put S H W. Uh, that I didn't even bother typing Howard. <laughs> I just, SHW, click Schwarzenegger. So Continue. Yeah, we, we get this montage of Howard looking for Turtle Man and getting laughed at by every store in Minneapolis. Yeah. Um, also, this movie, this show is so popular that there's a movie in the movie about it. A live-action movie going on yep. in, in theaters while this is happening. At one particular store, um, Howard gets in a fight with a Turtle Man cardboard cutout. Yes. Um... And we finally get back to Howard's house. We, yes. we, we jump back to Howard's house, and his son is fighting with Ted's about who gets to be, be Turbo Man when they play pretend. Yes. And then we cut away from them while Ted and... Um, Actually, in the background, you can hear them arguing about who has to be stuck being Booster, because no one fucking wants to be Booster, because everyone hates, hates Booster. Booster. And then Ted is creepy with Liz. That is... Yeah. He's like, I'll take over the cooking, the baking. You can go take a shower. Yes. You really need it. Go take a shower. And when he says that, he reaches around her to remove her apron and makes a really creepy fucking face. And his hands are sitting way too long to be untying an apron. Yeah. And she just looks entirely uncomfortable with the situation, tries to push him away. Yep. But he continues to hold her there. In the background of all this, though, um, Johnny, Ted's son... And Jamie have went from fighting about who gets to be um, Turbo Man to legit, like, fighting and hitting each other. And, yeah. you know, they're taking karate lessons. They could really hurt each other, and nobody's paying attention to them. Oh, yeah. They both just became purple belts. Yeah. Like, they could really hurt each other, and nobody's watching them try to murder each yeah. other because neither of them want to be Booster because... Everybody hates Booster. I gotta refill my alcohol. <clears throat> so, yeah. Um, so, Liz goes off to take a shower. Ted takes over the baking. And then... Well, Ted takes over the baking is strong, meaning it's already in the oven. He just has to take it out. And he immediately forgets that she told him things are hot, picks up a cookie, and burns his fingies. And yeah. gets pissed and then snaps angrily at the children without even looking to see what they're doing. He just yells to them to shut up. Yeah, and then as Liz, as Liz is left to take a shower, Ted's nomming on these cookies, which aren't really for him. But, you know, whatever. And Howard calls... The the house because he needs to talk about how he hasn't found a turbo man but ted picks up because once again he sent liz to take a shower and ted howard's like i need to talk to my wife can you go get her and all the while ted is making the worst sound you can ever make to someone mm. loud oh. sexual moaning plus mm. chewing sounds these cookies are so good your, your wife's, wife's cookies are amazing and then ted's Howard's just like, Ted, can you go get my wife? And Ted's like, I think she's in the shower. Do you want me to go get her still? And Ted's like, no. I mean, not Ted. Howard's like, no, 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 no. Just tell her I'm sorry. I'm going to be a bit late. Yeah. And Ted's response is, I don't think she's going to care. I'm here for her. And then the timer in the oven goes off, and he's like, oop, got to go. More cookies. And so he hangs up on Howard. And he was calling from a payphone on a street. And as he walks away from it, Myron, the postman, begins to harass him again. Well, he shows up 
And he's not harassing him. He's oh, apologizing. Oh, he's definitely harassing him. He's not apologizing. <laughs> no, no. He, he apologizes and thinks they should team up. He's harassing. And this when is Howard's like, no, that sounds like a bad idea. You just attacked me out of nowhere. Like, you're, Myron you're... goes on about how apparently they were good enough f- to work together at the store, but not now. So apparently Howard's racist. Mm-hmm. To which the obvious response is, he was fucking working with you as a team all the way up until you smacked him with a mailbag filled with packages into a stand. Yep. Um, this is harassment. He says no, and the guy keeps keeps chasing after him. Literally, oh, yeah. textbook harassment. And then some guy, run, random guy, runs past him and goes, Toy World has a late shipment of Turbo Man. Come on. And so Howard and Myron run to their vehicles, hop in, and get ready to take off. But when Howard they, backs they both, up... They both have a bit of problems. Yeah. Myron apparently can't figure out that he should open the door all the way to stop slamming his bag in the manual sliding door of his metal truck. Yeah. And Howard goes to back out, and there's a police bike way too close to his bumper. And parked illegally. I mean, everyone is parked illegally. They are all parked facing the wrong way on the street that has parking signs that tell them not to park in the direction they're parked. Yeah. But this police bike is also parked illegally. And oh, this yeah. is a police officer... Once again, abusing this power because ACAB. Obviously. But it, as it's a movie, so of course, it's the same police officer that pulled him over the night before. Which I like to point out here. He backs up into a bike way too close to him that's parked illegally. And doesn't like fucking speed off. He gets out of his car, goes to check on the bike, picks the bike back up. And, and then, but, it's the other officer, then it's the officer again who's just like upset that his bike got knocked over because he parked it illegally. And I guess it ruined his coffee break because, of course, the cop is getting coffee. Yep. Which, honestly, doesn't feel like too much of a stereotype in this situation because it is cold as fuck. Yeah, it is. And he is a bike officer. He is on a motorcycle wearing, like, a leather jacket. It's Minnesota in the No face covering. I'm okay with this. Um, As the officer and Arnold Schwarzenegger are staring at each other, Sinbad pulls by and makes a snide comment before heading off to the store to get... A turbo yeah. man. The officer literally looks at him and tells and uh, asks Howard for his license and registration. Yep. Then we fast forward. We're at the Mall of America now. Um, Is Arnold that Mall Swart- of America? Yeah, it's the Mall of America. It's the biggest mall in the United States. It's the only thing. That, it's the only thing famous about Minnesota. I didn't realize they were at the Mall of America. I didn't realize Tor Award was in Mall of America. Do they call it Mall of America in the movie? No, there's just a giant sign on the on the front of the mall that says Mall of America. Okay, I, I don't remember seeing the outside of the mall. That's why I'm wondering. Like, obviously, it is the Mall of America at that point. It is in Minnesota. I just didn't stop to think about it. Yep. I just wasn't sure if they like straight up referenced it, and obviously they do. So it's all good. I mean, they never say anything about it, but, but like, it has a giant sign, so it is referenced. Yeah. Um, and Arnold gets there just in time for the manager at Toy World to be like, "Okay, so we 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 did get a late shipment of Turbo Men." But um, we're going to run a lottery system here. We're going to have these balls, and we're going to draw numbers. Yep, standard lottery system. And you'll line up and get one number each. And then all the people that are supposed to be handing out the numbers just throw the numbers in the air. Well, they get attacked by ravenous consumers. Yeah, and then... Also, I'd like to point out the manager has made this entire speech from one of those tiny little microphone toy speakers where you speak into it, and it comes out like a tiny little box. And he's also doubled the price on all Turbo Mans. Which caused us both to pause the movie and look up... Um, price gouging laws. Which Minnesota has none, so... So it's perfectly okay. It's scummy as fuck, but perfectly legal what he's doing here. Yep. 
So um, we then get a chase scene where everybody's trying to get a lottery number ball, and eventually Arnold Schwarzenegger gets his hand on a yellow one. At the bottom of this dog pile. And then Myron takes it, and Arnold points... After spraying mace in his face. Oh, yeah, he sprays mace in um, Howard's face. And then Howard points at Myron and says, He has two lottery numbers. And the crowd takes off after Myron because yes. he's cheating. He's a cheater, cheater. And he doesn't have two lottery numbers, but, you know, whatever. It feels more than fair. Like, turnabout is normally fair play. This is above and beyond turnabout, and it's perfectly acceptable because this man just maced him in the face. Yeah, no, dude just got maced. This is fair. So Myron gets mauled by, like, four to five shoppers. Howard takes his yellow ball back. No, no. Myron the, drops the yellow ball and it starts bouncing away. Bouncing through the mall. So we get a chase scene of Arnold Schwarzenegger chasing down a ball. He follows it down an escalator. It bounces off the escalator, so he jumps over the edge of the escalator onto a piano. From the piano, they are then running through, like, people, crowds, bounces off of giant construction blocks. And eventually it rolls the, it rolls the edge of this balcony. And off. And Arnold dives for it, and just as his fingers would touch it, it rolls off the balcony. And his face just mushes gently against plate glass. Thin plate glass that if you'd actually done this, you probably would break through. And some child below catches the ball in their... Stroller? Stroller, yeah. The child looks to be about four to five, and the stroller feels unnecessary. Yeah, 100%. And like the child looks oversized for the stroller. So, the child meets Arnold's eyes. They kind of like... He yells, stay there. So he runs after the child, trying to get to his lottery number. By runs after, him, we mean runs to an e- runs to an elevator and stands there for a good minute. But he does follow the child who is going into a play area. A dope play area, by the way. And then we get this chase scene through a play area while um, Howard tries to get this ball back from a small child. Yeah. The comedic purpose of this chase scene is big man, small space. Yes. Ending with big man going down tiny slide into ball pit where a bunch of balls... And he, he just needs the tiny yellow ball. So he finds the kid, and she holds up the ball. And he's like, just just give it here. I Look, I have the shiny red ball. I'll trade you. And, and she sticks it in her mouth. Yep, and he dives towards her and tries to pull it out of her mouth. He's and like then, squeeze on the side of her mouth trying to push it out. Which, to be fair, in this case, he's actually trying to save the child from choking on something. Yes, but arguably because the logical thing here is he is in a play place. He is just a random unknown man, but also... On a societal note, he is a man around children, so the immediate view is a negative context, which is entirely inappropriately wrong. Yeah. He is called a pervert. And they beat him, with, and the moms beat him with their purses. Yes. Um, While no one is paying attention to the child who has just stuck a bouncy ball into their mouth. Yep. A uh, rather large-sized bouncy ball I that if she swallows, she will choke on it and die. I hope in the terms of this movie that the child dies. Yeah, yeah. Not, not in a real-life connotation, but like... You know, Hoping as a point universe. in case that being a prejudiced piece of shit really is negative. Yep. And you should learn from it. So he escapes the moms and he, they hear him talk and he's talking about trying to get a turbo man and the mole Santa hears him talking about it. Yes. So the mole Santa and the elf call him over and they're like, hey, we got turbo men. Yeah. And he, he seems like it, it's like that's sketchy. But okay. And they prove it by pulling out a Polaroid photo of the elf holding a Turbo Man unboxed Mm -hmm. and a newspaper with the day's date on it. Yep. And Howard's like, "Mm, this is sketchy. 
And the guy's like, oh, well, if you don't want our help, then... And then Howard's like, well, how much then? As the cop walks by, and he's like, shoosh. Hey, cop, how, how, hello, officer. Merry Christmas. Have a good day. He's like, Santa never delivers the gifts in broad daylight. Yeah. So we then cut to Santa, the elf, and Howard in Howard's car. All to, driving to an undisclosed location. A gated warehouse. Yeah, with a guard dog. Yep. So they get through the gate, they get to the warehouse, and the Santa knocks the coat on the door to the tune of Jingle Bells. Yes. And uh, one of those fun face hatches open, and another Santa's there. And he goes, password? Jingle Bells, Batman smells. And so we enter a warehouse that is obviously a scalping place. It's a scalping place and a sweatshop. There are some toys being assembled here. Yep. It's a bunch of knockoffs and such. And eventually, eventually, um, Howard and his companions make it to an area. And... They give him a Turbo Man. It's wrapped in a box, and they're like, it'll be $300. Well, they make him give they make him give them the $300 before they mm-hmm. hand him the package. And they hand him the package, and he starts opening it up, and they're like, no, no, you can't open it here. And that's because it's a Spanish knockoff. Yes. Which he then proceeds to open, and it falls apart. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's like, I need, I want my $300 back. This isn't, like... No refunds. You guys are, you guys are just thieves and scoundrels, and you're stealing people's hard-earned money. Men. Yep. And... Lieutenant goes, well, those are fighting words in the North Pole. So, Santa, a symbol. <laughs> and it's just a herd of Santas and elves. And there are Mrs. Claus, but they don't get involved in the fighting. They all just disappear. Yeah. The, like, the moment the Santa's a symbol, there are no more Santa, no more Mrs. Clauses anywhere. And they were well-spursed and spread throughout. I want to say... Are you also appreciative that as we walked through, not a single one of the elves was a sexy elf? It was just people in elf, elf, elf costumes. There were no... Stereotypical sexy women else? I didn't notice, but I want to say... I appreciated that. Even even in real life today, in the year 2020, if somebody is offering to sell you a Turo Man new in package for $300, you got to be skeptical. Not because it's too much, but because a Turo Man sealed in box is like $800. There's actual Turo Man action figures? Yes. I kind of want one now. Um, the highest graded one is like a 9 point something, and it's $8,000. Oof. Oof, but I want one. A, Any- a Turbo Man action figure box without the Turbo Man action figure is 40 bucks. Fuck. Okay. Um, anyway. A Turbo Man outside the box? Nope. <laughs> just just the action figure is like minimum $140. Damn. Okay. So, they assemble. And the Santa's like trying to go to him into fighting. And he's just like, I'm not, I'm not going to attack you. The guy keeps going. So, he reaches out and grabs his beard. Pulls it back towards him. Snaps it. And the guy goes flying backwards and then rolls and smacks into a pole. Yep. Um, it's the type of Arnold Schwarzenegger stick fight that, like, has no bearing in real world physics. I mean, after that, after this point, all has bearing in real world physics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That doesn't, though. Except for one punch. Yeah, no. So, the Santas start attacking. And he is holding his own against the Santas because he is Arnold motherfucking well, Schwarzenegger. The, the first Santa that goes to attack him is meant to be intimidating. Uh, Santa jumps down doing a like 1080 front flip mm-hmm. all the way down and pulls out some candy cane nunchucks. And he's approaching him and then Howard grabs a large plastic candy cane and just beats him with it. Like beats the man down. He Ninja Santa lands no hits. <laughs> Ninja Santa gets a lesson in violence. Yeah. So he gets attacked by a few others and he's just taking them down. And then a very, very 
very large Santa shows up. Before we see the very large Santa, we hear two loud footsteps. Yes. And there is a Santa now standing in front of our old Schwarzenegger that is over seven feet tall and 350 pounds. It's the big man's show. I mean, the opening music is just... It's the big show. I don't fucking know. I think he was the giant at this time. Fuck off. He was the giant at this time. But it's Paul White. Yes. The big show. The giant. Andre the Giant's illegitimate son, according to WCW. That's not the case. Don't believe anyone. Paul White doesn't have gigantism. No, Paul White's just a big dude. Also, Andre was better. Paul's just a big dude. Also, he's still cool. Like, don't get me wrong. But And... They get into a fight, and an elf jumps on the back of Arnold Schwarzenegger. Before the elf jumps on the back of him, Howard is getting just laid out by by this giant Santa. Like most people would when they fight a seven-foot-tall man. Yeah, and then a elf jumps on his back, and when Howard ducks, the Paul White Santa punches the elf, and he just goes flying a good 50 to 80 feet all backwards. the way across the warehouse until he hits the other wall he hits some boxes like not all the way across the across the warehouse but he flies and that is the turning point of the fight in howard's favor somehow yep howard then manages to beat the big show santa but he's stopped when the original elf that led him to this warehouse tases him yes and then there's a santa dog pile on howard and then the police show up to which our original elf yells it's the grinch scatter which yep. You know, if you're running a fake up, if you're running an illegal operation, and you're posed as Santa and elves, calling the police the Grinch, probably the best way to do it. It's just, it's flavorful, and I actually really enjoy calling them the Grinch in that so, circumstance. So, Howard is now standing over next to... I don't to know, if I ever rob banks and anything, they're going to be in Santa masks, just so I can refer to the police as the Grinch when they show up. No, well, if I was going to rob banks, I'd use horror movie um, killers... And I want um, Ghostface. I'd wear one of those plainless masks and a black suit so I could be Slenderman. Oh, that's cool. I like that. Um, Slenderman's movie is terrible, but you are what you, you do what you do. Um, so Howard's standing next to one of the toy production lines and facing away from the police, and they like call out to him like, "Who are you? What are you doing?" And he sees in front of him some toy badges, so he grabs one. And proceeds to imitate a police officer while intimidating a police officer. Fast talks his way through this, rolls 20 on his um, skill checks. He does not fast talk his way through this. He shows a badge and then just threatens to ruin their careers. And he is a large intimidating man with an Austrian accent. I've been working this case for three years. And you you bust in here and ruin it? Wait until I tell the commissioner about this. Yeah. um, It's still fast talking. Hmm... But he talks his way through it, rolls rolls the nat 20 on the on the charisma check here. The intimidate check. Intimidate is a charisma stat. Depending on what fucking game we're playing, bitch. Yeah, I was using D&D, which is Fuck the game D&D. everybody knows. Anyways, he he walks out of the police, he walks out of the raid, walks out by, by the police station, gets in his car and drives off. Yes. Um, But as he's driving across the bridge to get home... His car runs out of gas. He breaks down. It's hard to tell which. He runs out of gas. I was assuming it was gas. It's completely his fault. And he is not even halfway across the bridge yet. And the next thing we see, he's pushing his car. Mm-hmm. And we get a scene of him pushing it in front of the diner, which is where he stops at. And from the shot we see from behind him, 
It's just a giant building behind him. No bridge in sight. No bridge in sight. So he pushed this fucking car in neutral by himself, which is still a fucking feat because he appears to be pushing it just from the driver's side window so he can steer. Mm -hmm. So he doesn't have a good spot to push it from. By himself. For fucking at least a mile. Yep. Calling it. We stop in front of the diner and we cut back to um, Howard's neighborhood where everyone is crowded around Ted and this stupid fucking reindeer, which is also named Ted. Yes, his son Johnny named it Ted. After his dad, because his dad is so cool. Yeah. And Jamie's like, man, I wish my dad was as cool as yours. And Johnny's like, well, my dad wasn't always cool. He's only been this cool since the divorce. Maybe your parents should get divorced. And then your dad would be cool too. And Jamie gets upset because, I mean, if that's what it takes to have a cool dad, I feel you, Jamie. We never got that. Yeah, no. (laughs) Johnny Johnny lied to me. Johnny lied. 1996 Johnny lied to two-year-old me. Yeah. Um, so this upsets Jamie, who runs inside. Just, just in, time. in time for Howard to call. Yep. And Howard's immediately like, I need to talk to your mom. Yeah, because the guy's car fucking broke down. Yeah. Well, run out of gas. Yeah, like 100% reasonable. So Jamie's just like, no, you got to come to the parade. You, blah, 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 blah. And Howard's no, just no, really like, first I need he, to talk. First he's like, I need to talk to your mom. And um, oh, yeah. Jamie's like, She's busy. She's next door petting Ted. Petting Ted, and Howard's like, "What? Get your mother now!" And then they get into an argument about how um, Howard needs to keep his promises. He said he would be there, so he needs to be there. And then Jamie's like, "Remember, Truman always says, always keep your promises if you want to keep your friends." Yes, and like it took them a while to get to this point because Jamie would just keep going on and on while. Howard is like, I need you to get your mom. It's important. Jamie, get your mother. Jamie, I can't come to the parade unless you get your mom. Yeah. So after that point, Howard yells at his son to get his mother. Look, I don't give a shit about Turbo Man, okay? I've had it up to here with Turbo Man. I'm paraphrasing. Yeah. This movie's PG. He obviously doesn't say shit. I've had it up to here with Turbo Man. And Jamie's like, you wouldn't understand anyways. No, no, no. Like immediately afterwards, though, like, I think... Kind of like a sign that he's not a shit father. Immediately after being like, I've had it up to here with Turbo Man. Which isn't even like yelling at your son for his behavior. Just being like, I'm annoyed with the Turbo Man stuff. Just cut it out from him and get your mom. Mm-hmm. He immediately is just like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And then Jamie blows up and he's like, you never keep your promises. You, you're you never here when you say you'll be da 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 da. And hangs up on his dad. Slams the phone on the receiver. Just as Liz walks in. For you kids out there who don't know what a receiver is. Well, you see, phones used to be these things attached to cords, attached I mean, to a little box-like thing. My phone's attached to a cord 90% of the time. True, true. But does it then attach to a box that's larger than your phone? No, it's attached to a box smaller than my phone. It doesn't matter. So there's also this little thing. It's like a little button. Then when you put the phone in a spot made specially for the phone, pushes the button down. Oh, it's just the red button on my screen. Yeah, and it immediately hangs up on them. But why do you need a manual button for that? The red it's button? all manual buttons. None of it's touchscreen. And when you would get really angry at someone, you would take that phone, which was just a speaker on oh, one end. Oh, now I know what you mean. You take the phone and you flip it close. Another, no, no, no. That's still too new. And you would take it and you would slam it on that button into the little spot made for it. And it would be a forceful way to hang up on someone. Yes. It would also make a very loud noise in their ear. Like a dick. <laughs> yeah. Um... 
And it was best when you messed up and didn't actually hit the button. You hit like the side of the cradle so they could hear noise, and they could hear you like shuffling it around so it fits in and hangs up on them. Yep. So in the diner, Howard runs into Myron again. Well, no, no, no. Before that, as he hangs up, Liz has just come inside because she went after her son. I mentioned that. But this is where we get our one cuss word in the movie. Oh, do we? Damn you, Howard. Oh, yeah. She damns her husband. Damn it. I missed that. Yeah. Anyways, back in the diner, Howard runs back into Myron. Yeah. And the two sit next to each other and commiserate while drinking spiked coffee. Myron spikes their coffee with a bottle of whiskey he has. Yeah. And they just talk about how, like, as, like, dads, they get, like, one chance a year to prove they aren't screw-ups, and then they manage to screw it up. Yep. They're like, it's not fair how it all, all the weight rides on the father at Christmas, da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Yeah. He, and then Myron's like, I remember how my dad never got me what I wanted for Christmas. Yeah. I mean... Uh, at first, it's um, Howard talking about how he built Jamie a clubhouse. Yeah. And how it was super popular and how he wants to be a hero for Jamie again. Yeah. Foreshadowing. Did he use the word hero? I think he does say hero, yeah. Oh, wow. Wild. Yeah, I actually think he does. And uh, then it's Myron talking about how his dad never got him a present. But the neighbor, who was already a million, a multimillionaire, um, the neighbor got his son the, the, the thing that, that Myron wanted. And his son grew up to be a billionaire. And it's all because of that toy. That's why Myron is a failure. And then Howard has a vision of his son dressed as a postman drinking out of a bottle of whiskey. <laughs> and just being like, cheers, Dad. Merry Christmas. He's like, oh, shit, I can't let this happen. And then as if a voice from above, he hears somebody say, you still looking for a Turtle Man action figure? Haven't found one yet. Have you been looking all over? And he's just like, yeah, that's me, 100%. And it's the radio in the diner, and it's like, well, the first one to call and properly tell us the eight name, the, the names of, the, of Santa's eight reindeers will win a Turbo Man. Call 555-KPRS. And so they rush to the telephone booth in the diner. For a te- If you don't know what a telephone booth is, it has those telephone things with the receivers I mentioned earlier, but they're inside of a box that you stand in. You have to pay money to use them. Mm-hmm. And if you're lucky, they have a door you can close so other people can't hear your conversation. And this one does have a door because Howard closes it on Myron's hand. Yes. And then Howard manages to call into the radio station and get through on his first try, which, um... Fucking impossible. Bullshit. Because they struggle for at least a minute to get to that fucking phone. And he's naming the reindeer when Myron grabs the phone cord and yanks it out of the wall. Yes. And then they can proceed to fight outside of it when they are interrupted by the server the diner the server the owner i don't know what behind the diner and he's like you know the radio station is only two blocks away which you know like i said like we were talking about earlier this man clearly knows that's not how a calling contest works yeah because he's a rational human being and i would assume these two gentlemen would know that's not how collins work but i don't know how much well, they didn't put a lot of whiskey in their cups, but maybe they're both lightweights. Also, but to be fair, Myron was drinking directly from the bottle. Like he spiked yeah, yeah. his coffee and then, and then his just coffee drank aside and was like, and maybe Arnold Schwarzenegger is a lightweight. Who knows? A hundred percent. And they take off running towards the um, radio station, but Myron's got a big bag of packages, and Arnold Schwarzenegger is Arnold Schwarzenegger. Well, before that, Myron shoves him into some stands on the street, which. I'm pretty sure the stands that he knocks over are generally adhered to the street yes. to stop that. Yes. So he shoves him with enough force to knock over, like, 
new stand. No, 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 he doesn't things. shove him with enough force. He just turns Arnold Schwarzenegger's momentum in, in the right <laughs> direction. It's purely Arnold Schwarzenegger's running speed. You know, I'll buy that. Sure, why not? Um, and then Arnold Schwarzenegger quickly outpaces Myron as Myron is emptying things out of his um, mailbag. Mailbag, which um, highly illegal. He's throwing mail away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Um, but Arnold Schwarzenegger gets to the radio um, station. station first, and he's like banging on the glass of the, of the booth. Well, he's before like, that, it's we hear a guy calling in, and he's just like naming the radio. He's just like, Tony, Mark. He names at least two types of beer here. Yeah. I, I don't have, I don't think I have any of the names right, because I didn't put them down, but he's just naming stupid shit like doesn't have a single reindeer right yeah yeah and then schwarzenegger shows up and is banging on the and he's like i know it i know it let me in and the radio dj is like rightly freaks the fuck out and then calls the police he's like i have a crazy man here please help me please and arnold goes over to the door and is banging on it and then just kicks the side of the door with the door jam but it's a glass door so the entire sh- door shatters and swings open and he comes in and he's like i know the reindeer and he just grabs them the- by the shoulders and names them <laughs> He's like, I win, right? I win. And then Myron comes in. And Arnold's like, no, I was here first. I got it. I win. And the DJ's like, that's not how, what are you guys? And then Myron's like, doesn't matter. I got a bomb. And he pulls out a package. And they're like, but that's just a package. He's like, I work for the mail, for the postal service. Do you know how many packages, how many bombs get sent through the mail in a day? Hundreds of them. I kept this one for when I needed it. Yeah. And so they have an altercation, and the package ends up flying, and it lands on the ground and just starts playing Christmas music. Yes. And that is wonderful. And the DJ's like, like, wait, wait, were you guys under the impression that we had a Turbo Man doll here in the studio? And they're like, yeah, that's what you said on the radio. No, 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 no. We said he would get a Turbo Man. Eventually, we have a... We have a um, voucher voucher here for when the stores restock. Yeah, and so, so they're both obviously frustrated. Ha- um, they they realize that the DJ has called the police at this point because of the sirens. sirens. Um, this is basically where we end, we end with the DJ. So I would like to point out the DJ is played by Martin Mall, also I, known as Carnold Mustard from Clue, Leon Carp from Roseanne. He plays Jake Peralta's grandfather in Brooklyn Nine Nine. So when they show up. Myron... Well, Howard grabs the voucher. So. Yeah, Howard grabs the voucher and they're running out to escape the police. Myron gets to the elevator first and is like, ha, I beat you. And the elevator is full of police. So Schwarzenegger takes off to the stairs. He dips out towards the stairs, yeah. And... Myron gets surrounded by police officers. But Arnold gets stopped by the, the same police officer that's been bugging him since the, the Christmas Eve Eve. And yeah. led at gunpoint back up to the floor with the rest of the police officers and Myron. Where Myron has pulled out another package and is claiming it's a bomb. And this time the litter bomb trick works. Myron and Howard, Howard both take off running. He, he sets it ground on the, down on the floor and they take off. And Howard with the turbo man, with the voucher for Turbo Man runs off and Myron uses the elevator to escape. Yes. And we see Bike Cop approaching the package and one of the officers is like, you shouldn't do that. And Bike Cop's like, don't worry. I was, I was in the bomb squad, squad for 10 years. And he picks it up and he's like sniffing it. And he goes to open it. And when he does, we got to Myron. He's like, ha, I got away. He's running across the sky bridge. And, and then there's a giant explosion and, and the, the building, building shakes. shakes. 
And we come back into the radio station, and nobody's dead. They're just covered in soot. soot and part of the ceiling is destroyed, and Bike Cop's hair is fucked up. He's, he's covered in soot, and then he passes out. Oh, yeah. So After got- the cop who asked before goes, how many years were you in the bomb squad? To be fair, they should be dead. Obviously, yeah. So Howard finally gets home, and he sees Ted putting the star on his Christmas tree. Oh, oh, before he gets home. Oh, sorry. He gets back to the diner where he sees... His car has been stripped and vandalized. Yeah. So Someone has stripped his car of everything and then tagged his windshield, Merry Christmas. Yep. Um, and so he takes a tow truck to get home. And when he finally does get home, he sees Ted putting the star on his Christmas tree, which is his thing. They apparently do that Christmas Eve night. It's a family tradition. And he's peed because his neighbor's, like, trying to take his spot in his life. And he's, like, he's remembering Ted being, like, I got Johnny a Turo Man months ago. It's safe at home, it's... right under the tree. And he's, like... Fuck it. Gonna do it. I'm gonna break into Ted's house and steal that fucking Turbo Man. Fuck yeah. you, Ted. Uh, we do cut inside of Howard's house thing where Liz is just explaining that. What, hey, what are you doing? This is what... This is Howard's thing. And Ted's just like, it's fine. I'm here. Howard's not here. I'm, I'm here. here. And she takes the Christmas the star off the Christmas tree, puts it back in his box. And, and the entire like, time, Ted's just being weird. He's like, what are you doing? I'm here. We can spend Christmas Eve together. Ted's not here. He doesn't. Uh, Howard's not here. He doesn't care. About mm-hmm. you or Jamie. But I can be here. Yep. So Harold breaks into Ted's house. And Howard. H- Howard. I don't know why this is Harold. I did control H this to find and replace. But Howard breaks into Ted's house, grabs the package, and then gets trapped in the house by Christmas carolers. Yes. Um, Ted leads Liz outside because there's Christmas carolers. He's like, oh, Liz, look. And he wraps his arm around her and pulls her close to him. And Howard is like, aha, I can escape through the back. The carol is not in the back. Yeah. And so he goes to escape out of the house for the back. And Ted, like you said, was trying to put the moves on Liz here, puts his arm around her, and she pulls away. Yeah. And so out in the backyard, Howard's like, I can't do this. I can't steal something from a child. I hate Ted. He's a piece of shit. Johnny is a kid, man. I can't steal this from Johnny. I'll go put it back under the tree. And then... Ted, the the reindeer, is like, bitch, no, nah, I'm going to murder your ass. So he charges down Howard. And so they're running through the living room and the house. And they knock over part of a full-size nativity scene that Ted just has in front of his Christmas tree. Knocking one of the wise men's heads into the fire? It's Balthazar. Ted mm-hmm. mentions it later. That's the only reason why I know. Yeah. Um, and then Howard traps Ted in... A different a room. room a think. dining room. I don't know. It has drawing pocket doors in it. That's the only thing that matters. Yeah. So then Howard tries to prevent Ted's house from like going up in flames because smoke. the fire alarm's going off. And... Because the fire smokes up really badly. But honestly, if he hadn't done anything, it would have been fine because Balthazar's wooden head ended up directly in the fireplace where it was mm-hmm. just going to burn. But he pulls the head out, which sets part of the carpet on fire. And then to, to like put the head out, he kicks it out the window. And, and then it's me like, oh, shit, that was a bad idea. Ted and Liz see him standing in the living room holding Johnny's package. That's a bad phrase when we're talking about a young Johnny boy. Johnny's like six or seven. Yeah, that's a bad phrase. And then they come inside to a costume for holding a young boy's package. <laughs> it's a terrible phrase. <laughs> to be fair, he does deserve to be accosted, but not because it's it's a young boy's package. No, because it's a young boy's Christmas present he's trying to steal. And he's in his neighbor's house, which he set on fire. Honestly, that part feels fine. Ted's been in his house a lot today, causing a lot of metaphorical fires, if you will. Yeah. So his wife's like, what the fuck's wrong with you? And he tries to explain, but he doesn't have a good explanation. 
So his wife turns to Ted and she's like, can you take me and Jamie to the parade? And, and Ted's like, sure. Liz leaves. And Ted says just like this line out of nowhere because we've not really established other than the fact that he like picks up the two clerks earlier. Like how physically fit Arnold Schwarzenegger's character is other than the fact that he's a big guy, but we don't see him outside of like a winter coat or anything. So that's why we know he's just like average fit. But, I mean, big. Yeah, big, but average fit, right? I would never call a man the shape of Arnold Schwarzenegger average fit. I mean, literally, you could just get the right cut on a suit jacket and look like that? I don't think so, but uh, you, you, we'll go with your average fit. We don't see Arnold the size of his rippling muscles. We don't see the size of his rippling muscles at any point in this movie. Besides when he is I know, I know, I know you have body issues because we're both fat, but Jesus, if you think Arnold Schwarzenegger is average, no, I'm no talking option. like the way the clothing are fit. You can't tell how cut the man is. You can just tell he's in shape. His shoulders are so broad, Justice. Yeah, that's an easy thing to hide with clothing. You can make anyone's shoulders look broad. Like, <laughs> okay, anyways, no, that, that is a possible thing to do with clothing. Okay, anyways. You were saying something about what... And Ted just says, you can't bench press your way out of this problem. Which is just a weird fucking line in general. So, then, um, as Liz, after Liz and Ted leave, Ted the reindeer breaks out of the dining room, charges Howard, and Howard one-punches the reindeer out of consciousness. Oh, yeah, because he's just angry and he's like, you picked a hey, wrong hey, time for this. Justice? Yeah. He's average fit, but one-punches a reindeer. I said up until this point, we haven't really done much with it. He pushed his car miles. Yeah, but we don't establish like Justice. what his life's like. <laughs> he he fought. He, he works fought all a horde the fuck- of Santa Claus. Yeah, but he works all the fucking time. How does Ted know how fucking fit the man is? He fought a horde of Santa Clauses. I don't know where you're getting this average. Like, it's not like he was in Santa Claus. It's not like he was in Santa with muscles. Santa no. with muscles is obviously fit. He was Santa with muscles and also came out in 1996. And starred Hulk Hogan. Yeah. But, Justice. I'm sorry. I got stuck comparing it to 1996 to Santa with muscles. He fought the big show. Santa with muscles has beat the big show on more than one occasion. Much faster. And without the aid of a weapon. Okay, so we get a scene here that now we're... Do we, do we jump to Ted and Liz, or is this where Howard gives the deer some beer? Yeah, they're just chilling in the backyard. When Howard decides he's going to go to the parade, it doesn't do much. Yeah, he gives the, the deer a couple of beer because he feels bad about punching it out. We um, get, like, the parade, we're going through town, and then we see Jamie, Liz, Ted, and Johnny all in a car. Mm-hmm. And Johnny and... Jamie get out to go hang, with their friend, to go hang out on the crowd with their friend Owen. Yep. While Liz and Ted go park the car. Mm-hmm. Ted goes to park the car. Um, Howard is in a taxi on his way to the parade, but it's crowded because everybody's trying to get to the parade. He gets so stuck he, in traffic again. So, so he, he just, bails out of the taxi and runs to the parade. Yeah, he just hoofs it. Um, and Ted parks the car and it starts tra- starts trying to make some moves on Liz. He's like, look, you don't have to pretend for me. You want some eggnog? You can tell me what's wrong. Not an alcoholic eggnog yeah. because I'm a straight-edge guy. Yeah, tell me what's wrong. I know something's wrong. I'm, I'm Flanders, but a complete douchebag. Yeah. 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 No, that's that just feels like a very accurate statement. Mm-hmm. And he like put he's like I know you need somebody to, who can be your shoulder to cry on like grabs her so and puts forcefully her, pulls yeah. her shoulder her head to his shoulder and says that 
their feelings are mutual and that and she's she like, should be lo- she should count herself lucky how there are so many women that would want to be in her position and right she's now. like uh, what feelings what are you talking, talking about? about and like she's not having any of this yeah but then he tries to like grab her and kiss her wait no before oh. that a howard sees them mm-hmm. and he goes to charge the car mm-hmm. and slams into a man the man is the police officer from the bike. The bike cop who is holding a carton with coffee. Who in got it. blown up by a bomb. And is perfectly fine now. His hands are bandaged, though. No, they're in gloves. They Th- look those bandaged. are thick winter gloves. They're they like, look they're, they're, okay. They're they look mittens. like bandages to me. They got like fluffiness on the outside. They're not. Mm. They're mittens. And the coffee goes flying up and comes down and lands on him. Yep, burns his face and hands, and the cop gets up and starts to chase him. Howard runs off, and he runs off just as Ted tries to grab Liz and kiss her. And Liz takes the thermostat, hits the Ted th- in the, the face. The thermos. The thermos, yes, sorry. <laughs> takes the she thermos. pulls out the entire thermostat system of the car and just <laughs> beats him with it. <laughs> beats him to death in his car. It's a fucking murder scene. It's brutal and really out of place for this <laughs> otherwise kids movie. <laughs> this movie, just like this one scene. I guess we were we were watching the Ultra HD uncut version. Oh, um, that's true, that's and, true. Um, she just like, this one scene goes from like a PG movie to a rated R like snuffed style film. Yeah, he just makes like, Saw look like a walk in the park. Like this no, is straight up gore I, I movie. I misspoke though. It, like she grabs the thermos of eggnog, which is open because he tried to pour her a cup and just smacks him in the face with it, Smack, splashing eggnog all over him. Yeah. Um. So then we got to Howard and the cop chase, and the Howard cop, like slams into some buses and stuff, and more gets more comedic hurt, and Schwarzenegger ends up in a parade float setup area. Yep, he finds himself inside a warehouse, where he is then mistaken as the actor to be playing Turbo Man on the float. Um, yes, because... The replacement actor, because the... The other guy got injured. It, but, good news, he he's is showing woke, brain... He's, he's showing brain activity this morning. Yep. Yeah. Which is a good sign. He's given a very brief du- rundown, uh, suited up, and nothing is actually explained to him, and no questions he asks are answered. And then we see the guy playing Booster, and it is Curtis Armstrong, who is just smoking away on some cigarettes. You might recognize Curtis Armstrong as Booger from Revenge of the Nerds movies. The voice or, of Snot for American Dad, where he just plays a version of Booger, basically. Or one of the judges on King of the Nerds. King of the Nerds. Mm-hmm. He's also done a lot of other stuff, but those are the ones you're probably going to recognize him from. Yep. Um, he's like, I'm glad you're here. I've been sweating my, my ass off in this costume. He doesn't say that again because PG Actually, movie. I think he might. Oh, maybe. I think he does say he's sweating his ass off. I think we get the words, the cuss words, damn man ass in this movie. Mm, cool. Um, so, they start rising on the float. Yep. And they're just having a good, good old time on the parade. And um, the radio announcers... The commentators, mm-hmm. whatever... Uh, are basically walking him through this, like, because he can hear them on the radio. Like, well, no. He, they're not the ones walking him through this. The one walking him through this is Booster. He's like... What are you doing? Wave. Mm-hmm. But then they're like, and it's almost time for um, Turbo Man to pick a special kid who will get a special Turbo Man doll. Which <laughs> then Booster says, what are you doing? You're supposed to pick that up, talking about a Turbo Man figure. Mm-hmm. And then he says, you got to pick a kid. And he obviously picks his son because, you know. Nepotism. Nepotism. Also, because <laughs> this isn't his fucking job. He's not going to be paid for this. Like, yeah. Um, He's just been picked up off the street by random people. Yep. So he calls out for Jamie. Um, and Jamie's just like, how does Turtleman know my yeah, name? Yeah, because just before this, he was just pointing, and then someone turns on his mic, mm-hmm. which has a voice filter to make him sound more 
uh, like Turbo Man, apparently. Yeah. But before that, Jamie and Johnny were fighting about who Turbo Man was boarding to. Then he says Jamie's name, and Jamie's like, how does Turbo Man know my name? And Johnny's little young mind is blown because Turbo Man knows his friend's name. Yep. So Jamie comes up on the float. He, he gets his action figure. And as Turbo Man's about to be, admit that he is Jamie's father, because Jamie's like, how did you know my name? Dementor uh, shows up. And we got a scene earlier where Myron, well, somebody attacked yeah, the we, Dementor. Because someone min- because um, Booster mentioned that Dementor's going to show up. So. Yep. And we see Dementor standing in like, a building from where he's supposed to jump in at. And he gets attacked. And Tied up. And his outfit is stolen and put on by someone else. And I wonder who that could be. Myron jumps onto the float dressed up as the Dementor. And he's like, jumped on jumped on is strong. He shoots a grappling hook to a light post and then zip lines down. Oh, yeah, that's fair. At yeah. the correct angle to land on this float, get off, and be perfectly fine with no problems. Like, this man out of nowhere just pulls off some, like, unexpected skills. And then he comes up and he's like, I want that action figure. That Turbo Man is mine. And so they go to attack, and Booster's, Booster's like, like, what are you doing? This isn't in the script. And he and uppercuts Myron, Booster, Booster and goes, no one likes you. That's a drink. Mm-hmm. And then he lands on the ground from the float. It's and a, a horde 15, of 20 20 feet fall. And a horde of children run up and are just yelling consecutively, we hate you, Booster. No one likes you, Booster. We hate you. We hate you. We hate you. That is the many hates they say. That's five drinks. Go ahead and... Congratulations. That will be the last of the Booster hate. Yep. So, then, go on my notes here. They, they start fighting. And Myron sends his Dementor punch hand flying, and it smacks Howard, or Turbo Man, in the face. And then returns to him. Like, whoever designed these suits should not be fucking working on the parade circuit. They no. like. I have to assume it's just like a rail system. Like, it, it has a small fishing line on it, and a pneumatic pressure to send it launching. Maybe. Because um, it's just a fist. But mind you, the more important thing is, in the Dementor outfit still, Myron opens that hand later. Yes. That's why, like, whoever designed this is fucking insane. Yeah, he made actual detachable human hands. So, um, Dementor grabs Jamie then because he wants the doll that's in Jamie's backpack. Yes. And Jamie yells at Turbo Man to use his turbo discs. And he starts firing discs from either wrist shooting Myron in the head with these metal flying discs, eventually knocking him prone and freeing Jamie, who starts to run away. Well, he runs up to Turbo Man, where they rejoice, and then the demon team pop out of the set spot behind them and start to attack. And then Jamie runs off. No. Myron blocks him, goes to grab the bag, and asks Jamie, what are you going to do about it, kid? And he gets... Kicked in the balls. Yep, that's right. And then, and then Jamie, Jamie runs, runs off, off into the parade crowd. And the demon team are like, don't you know the choreography? What are you doing? Yeah, and Myron, or Dementor, takes off after Jamie. And so that leaves Howard, Turbo Man, to physically beat the shit out of these demon team because he does not know the choreography. Because and nobody they, caught him up on anything. And they're just going through, and they're not following the choreography because he's not following the choreography, so they're just attacking him for no reason. And so he eventually bowls them over by throwing one into the rest of them. He picks up Demon Team member Green mm-hmm. and throws him at blue, yellow, red, and purple. I think there's five, yeah. I yep. might have those colors wrong, who knows. And so while this is happening, Jamie Jamie gets to a ladder on a building and starts climbing to the top of the building. Yes. And Dementor is following him. And then his mom shows up and is like, that's my son. A police officer's just like, it's fine. It's part of the show. She's like, no, that's my son. And he's like, oh. 
He's, he's doing a really great, good. He's, he's doing, doing a great really job. Good, and he's just like, it's That's not, not part, part of the show. show. And the police officer's like, oh. And then proceeds to do nothing. A cab again. So then somebody yells something about Turbo Man flying. And he's like, what? No, no, no. No. There's an enjoyable part that they're climbing up. Jimmy gets up on top of the roof and Myron's falling. He's like, man, I'm terrified of heights. Have you seen Vertigo? It's terrifying. Wait, does that mean anything to you? Yeah, and then somebody yells about um, Turbo Man having a jetpack. It's the commentators. Turbo Man, fly. Yeah. Um, so Turbo Man has a literal jetpack here. Like It super functions. And it launches him so high into the sky. Like He just blasts off above all the buildings around him. Yes. And then uncontrollably flies around Minneapolis. And then he turns his jetpack off at some point when he's really, really high up. And plummets to the ground. Before managing to turn it back on again, where then he flies into a um, parade f- sign. Well, no, he, he starts to get a bit more control. Then he flies into a parade sign, where he gets spun around until he gets slingshotted back towards a building. Flies through the window, interrupts, I think, uh, was it Kwanzaa? I don't know, but he flies through so fast that he, like, creates a vacuum that pulls stuff behind him. Yeah. I was still catching up with notes, so I don't exactly know what that celebration was. Maybe it was a Christmas, a Kwanzaa, something. Who knows? What I do know is that there's no way he flew through that building without injuring himself. And then he flies into a building. Head first. And it's just sitting there pushing his head against it. Until it slips and he flies towards the ground. Yes. And then it turns off. And he crash lands to the ground. He's dead, and if he's not dead, whoever designed this armor should not be working for a parade system. And also, whoever thought, hey... This guy is being hired at the last second. He just read the user manual. He can do this. It's fucking stupid. He, yeah. got, he got, like, no prep on how to use this thing. And, and the last guy who did have prep is in the hospital. Mm-hmm. So while he's on the ground, Jamie and Myron have climbed up onto this giant tree decoration, which then pulls up from its moors because of their additional weight. Mm-hmm. And, like, when I say pulls up, it pulls out these giant concrete eyelets. Yes. Like, I let you drive into concrete from the ceiling, pull up chunks of the roof, and it starts to fall. I don't think this thing could actually hold up to a strong wind. Like, this was a safety hazard to begin with. Yeah. It tears off part of the roof. Whoever moored it. So like, then... The, the tools used to moor it are correct. The cable is strong. The uh, fucking eyelets they're using are strong. The stake things. The materials that it is on are shit. I'm pretty sure someone just walking casually across this roof would destroy it. So, Dementor and Jamie are hanging from this Christmas tree decoration over the the ground. And Dementor reaches out and grabs the Turbo Man limited edition parade action figure. Yes, and then Jamie yells, Turbo Man, use your turbo ring. And he throws his boomerang, misses, but but it's a boomerang, so it comes comes back back and hits Dementor in the back of the head. He falls down onto a parade float and crushes a giant present, but is otherwise safe. And manages to keep the Turbo Man doll safe. So he's rejoicing, and the Turbo Ring comes exactly back to his hand. He doesn't have to move at all. Mm -hmm. And the catch is so minimal, like, it lands on his hand and then collapses back down because it was a full-down boomerang. Mm -hmm. And Dementor landed in this float and is surrounded by police officers with their guns drawn. Yes. So they obviously know it's not part of the act anymore. And then Jamie falls. And Turbo Man flies up and catches him. In a recreation of the scene where Billy was thrown off a cliff. Yeah, it's just foreshadowing. Like, it's... Yeah, obviously. Yeah. It's a good book ending. This movie's good. Fuck everybody that says it's bad. What's wrong with you guys? I don't know. I guess they just don't like Turbo Man. 
Um, so back on the ground, everybody's celebrating, and Jamie's like, "How did you know my name?" And I just wish my dad was here to see this. Yeah. He's like, he 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 was really upset because he's like, "Man, this was amazing. This was great. Absolutely perfect." I wish my dad cared enough to be here. And Jeroban's like, your dad does care. You're the most important thing in the world to him. And Jimmy Shell's like, well, how do you know? And, and he's like, who would know better than me? And pulls off the helmet to reveal that he is Turbo Man. And Liz and Jamie are both like, what the fuck? And as they do that, Johnny, Jamie's friend and Ted's son, off the head goes, look, Dad, Jamie's dad is Turbo Man. And we see Ted is covered in eggnog, and his son also says, "Like, why do you smell like vomit?" And Ted just goes, "Come on, come on, let's let let's go." Um, then a cop comes up and he's like, "I believe this belongs to you." Gives and the, Turbo Man's facing away. Yep, and gives the Turbo Man back to Jamie, and then he's like, "Turbo Man, we could really use a guy like you in the force." And then he turns around, and it's Bike Cop, and he's like. Well, thank you. Hopefully you'll remember that. And sorry about the speeding and the bike and, and the bomb, bomb. Uh, and the coffee and, and the, the bus. Bomb. Oh, yeah. And the bus and, uh, and the, the bomb. bomb. And then Liz is just like, what? She, she literally says bomb? Yeah. What? And then the mentor is being carted away by the police. And he's like, what am I supposed to tell my son? That I couldn't get him the present. He the only thing yeah. he wanted for Christmas. See, I'm not that. sure if they really still think this is part of the show or not. Because if it wasn't part of the show, mm-hmm. Dementor should be in handcuffs. Yeah. Instead, they have him in not tightened zip ties. Yeah, that's fair. Um, Jamie runs up and he gives him the limited edition Turbo Man. And Byron's just like, th- thanks. And Howard's like, I thought that was all you want. All you really wanted. And Jamie's like. Yeah, but I don't need a toy, toy um, Turbo Man. I've got the real thing at home. Credits. And I went to the bathroom here because credits, and I needed to pee. But there's an after credit scene. And I missed it. It's just them all at home, Christmas Eve. It is now finally night, which it was not night during this parade. It wasn't even dusk. It's been day. It's been like... We, are, we already went over this. It was a celestial yeah, miracle. Yeah. All day long it's been day, though. So, But it's finally night. Whatever terrifying... Oh, actually, hold on. Before we actually get to that, I wanted to do this earlier in the episode. I might put it in somewhere. It's just them chilling around by the Christmas tree, how it is putting the star up top. And his wife, Liz, is like, you know, you really came through today. And just look at how much thought you put into Jamie's present because apparently he has not come clean about how his day fucking went. And she thinks he was intentionally a turbo man and all of this was all fucking on purpose. So wait, with how, it wasn't. Uh, apparently not. Damn. So she's just like, with how much thought you put into Jamie's present, I can't wait to see what you got me. And then it zooms on in on his face, and he has like shocked, home alone, Macaulay Culkin face, surprised. And then that is the actual end of the movie. Sorry for the clinking, guys. Just finishing this bottle of wine. And that is Jingle All the Way, the second best Christmas movie of all time. Indeed. Well. We can plug our own social medias, I guess. Yep. Um, we have that Twitter thing. At Copilot's Review on Twitter. Yeah. We also have that Gmail thing, at Copilot's Review at gmail.com. We mentioned that earlier in the episode, though. Maybe. We definitely did. Did we? I don't pay attention. Yeah, when we talked about that thing, where they can win something. Mm. 
you know. If oh, they, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, know, I know what you're talking about, yeah. Just a, just a nice little Christmas present that a lucky w- listener will win from us. Yeah, and of course you can also find us at copilotsreview.simplecast.com. Yes, sir. And, and that's going to be it. Yeah, you thank, know. Thank you guys for flying with us this year. This is the last episode of 2020. Yep. Maybe uh, the last episode ever. Who knows? Probably not. We have intentions to keep going, but... Like every other year in speculation, maybe the world ends this year. Or, That's right. I'm I'm preaching that this is the end of the world. 2020, final year of humanity. Man, that would be better than what I'm afraid of. More COVID? January 1st, 2020, on New Year's Day. Oh, just fucking repeating? Groundhog's Day of the year, yep. Oof, that would be horrible, yeah. Yep. That's what I'm afraid of. Oh, God, we've watched so many horrible shows again. But assuming none of that happens, we will be back. January 2nd, the day after New Year's Day, with another review for your ears. And again, thank you guys for this year. Thank you for guys for listening. And Also, if you have any idea what, what a good New Year's show would be, tell us. We might watch it. Yeah, I don't know what we're watching yet. We never know what we're watching yet. Anyways. Thanks for being here, I guess. Happy holidays. Happy New Year's. See you guys in 2021.